0: Good evening and welcome to We Few, We Happy Few, We Band of Unitarians here. I'm reminded always of that scripture verse where two or three are gathered and we would answer, the spirit of life is present. The spirit of life and love is always present when human beings gather, how many they are to say yes to life and yes to this moment. And so welcome to all of you this night, this third Sunday of Advent, a season of darkness, of waiting, of searching for hope. We gather this night to recognize and affirm in this season of festal lights, of songs of gladness, that the complexities of our humanity remain, that there is sorrow, the bittersweet, reminders of holidays past that break our hearts. We gather as one community to affirm the sorrow amidst a season of joy, to seek out strength in one another, to kindle a flame of hope, however fragile it may be. Our opening words are from Joyce Rupp, titled Winter's Cloak. This year, I do not want the dark to leave me. I need it to wrap its silent stillness, its cloak of long-lasting embrace around me. Too much light has pulled me away from the chamber of gestation. Let the dawns come late. Let the sunsets arrive early. Let the evenings extend themselves while I lean into the abyss of my being. Let me lie in the cave of my soul, for too much light blinds me, steals the source of revelation. Let me seek solace in the empty places of winter's passage, those vast dark nights that never fail to shelter me. Our first reading this evening is a lamentation. My colleague, the Reverend Ship Rouch, who serves in South Bend, Indiana, reminds us of that prolific body of literature present in every religious tradition, that of the lament. He writes, The lament is one of the oldest human art forms. Those poems of sorrow, usually including a request for divine intervention, go back several thousands and thousands of years. From Beowulf to the Iliad, from the Hebrew Bible to the Hindu Vedas, find our human ancestors crying out in suffering, asking for relief, and promising to live better lives if only their dire circumstances might be changed. If you are wondering, he continues, about the difference between lamentation and whining, well, lamentation sounds better. But more importantly, it indicates a fundamental willingness Change or to be changed. This evening, as we lament the suffering present in our world, may we also pledge to open ourselves to change so that we do embody the compassion and courage that we all wish for our planet. And so we lament. We turn our hearts to the suffering that we might be experiencing, the suffering of those near us the suffering of this precious earth and this fragile life. May our hearts be aggrieved, and yet may they be tempered by compassion, by some small hope. As bright lights shine from windows and trees, as candles flicker in windows, as the familiar colors of green and red burst out and over all that we see, for many of us, we turmoil in the colors of nightfall. Deep purples cast their shadows before us. Overcast gray presses down on our shoulders. And a blue twilight is our lot in life. It darkens and darkens further. As songs of glad tiding are sung out in choirs, blared over sound systems in stores and waiting rooms, as radio stations become 24-7 harmonies of the holidays, As that great hope of peace on earth and goodwill to all rings out, for many of us, our heartstrings play a different tune. Melancholic chords saunter in the center of centers. This season is for us a score of anguish and hymns of heartbreak. As the night comes, and it surely does, but it comes sooner, perhaps far too soon for many of us. There we may find stillness, a stillness we are not yet ready for, and there we may find our tears for our loved ones now lost, for those suffering on this good earth, for fractured hope and broken relationships, for ourselves as well. Just be joyful, though, the choirs will sing. Ring out wild bells and all shall be well, all shall be well, and the mantras of this season... Bring no comfort. Cry out, we must. Cry out is all we can do sometimes, and rightly so, if not for ourselves, but for the work of the world. Joy to the world, they sing, and yet the wars still rage. Eat, drink, and be merry, and hunger persists. There is a light in the darkness, we are reminded, and there are those who would extinguish it time and time again. The angels of the Christmas story tell Mary not to be afraid, but oh, she was afraid, so very afraid, and we can be afraid as well. We don't have to do anything with our lament, whatever that is for us. And for many of us, our lamentations could last the entire evening, but all we have to do is just let it be so. Let it be there with you. Let the night close in and through you, for in all of this, ah, there it is, we are not alone. Can that be enough this night and in all the nights to come? May it be so. Our next reading is from the Reverend David Blanchard, one of my predecessors here in this congregation. He writes, This is a time of year when we ask, and are asked, what do you want? Shall it be another tie, a new pair of gloves, a book? We ask and answer, we shop, we wrap, we ship, and the season usually comes and goes without us ever really answering the question, what do you want? Some of the things we want might be afraid, we might be afraid to ask for, because we can't be sure what we would do if we got them. Many things we want, we don't know enough to ask for. Most things we can't ask for because we know no one can give them to us. Most people ask the question without any interest in really knowing, truly knowing. Yet it can be a question for each of us to hold on to for a time in our minds and hearts. What do we want? Not what would we like, But what do we want to give us a deeper connection with life and to help us give expression to our love? Not a long list of things, but a sense of clarity that illuminates what it is we are doing and why. Not outward signs of generosity, but an internal sense of caring that guides us to give in to any season. Not just the reflex of always giving, But also the courage to truly answer some of the people who ask us, what do you want? Dare to answer. Think of the things you want and the things that others close to you would want. Imagine the ways they might be given and how they may be received. There's a great story that many of you have heard in different ways, shapes, and forms that is often told in the season of the holidays. And it goes like this. Some time ago, there was an American relief worker. Sometimes it's a Greenpeace worker. Sometimes it's a missionary. Sometimes it's someone just living and visiting in Africa. And she was living and working in a very tiny African village. The young woman was a teacher who labored alongside the folks who lived in that village. One Christmas Eve, a little boy from the village proudly brought her a crudely wrapped gift. The teacher was surprised because this little boy was so poor, the whole village was so poor. What could he possibly give to her? The teacher unwrapped the present and found within it the crumpled paper, an exquisite seashell. The woman, knowing that the only place to find these shells was many rugged, hard miles away, expressed her enthusiastic reception. My goodness, she said, you've traveled so far to bring me such a wonderful present. You didn't have to do that. At first the boy appeared surprised by her reaction. But his eyes suddenly brightened and a wide smile crept across his face. And he simply said, long walk, part of gift. I love this story. It captures a simple beauty that is often lost as the holidays come bounding along time and time again. And by bounding, I'm being very kind. There is a mayhem in the air every time this year. And yet this story reminds us there is simplicity still to be had and found. The humblest things we give to the world are enough, and we are enough. But I also love this story because of that final line, long walk, part of gift. For many of us this time of year, it can feel like one long walk in the night. No stars in the sky, no moon to shine down upon us, no streetlights to guide our way. Just the bitter wind in our face, and an unknown destination before us. We can hear far-off echoes of joyful songs in the distance, perhaps a glow of lights in some distant land. But for us, there is only the direction we are headed, and a small hope somewhere deep inside that we will arrive. Now I know that this story isn't originally teaching us this directly. And I know that this story is rooted in generosity and love. But here we have a poor village child traversing an uncertain, dangerous terrain to bring joy and to bring hope. And indeed, such simple glories were found in the story we heard. For us, the story ends with the phrase, long walk. We've not yet gotten to part of gift. We are feeling our way through the night, and the world around us is reminding us of the gift, the joy, the sweet moment, but for us there is no lighthouse to bring us in. Tonight then is an affirmation of that long journey, and that some journeys take an entire life. At its core, this holiday season tells us similar stories that of human experiences, being born, dancing, singing, noticing the days will soon get longer, of holding on to the hope of unexpected moments of grace. But first, we must journey through the night. We gather as a community in this pure and right space to remind us that we need not be alone, that together we can kindle flames that light the way. And so kindle we will, kindle we must. For in the bittersweet, in the sorrow, the call of lament is also to repair the world, what our Jewish siblings would call tikkun olam. Or in the very least, to find some measure of affirmation, of comfort, of recognizing who we are and how we are doing in this time of year. That is a good place to begin. And so we begin this Christmastide. We begin. I like these smaller services, these more intimate gatherings. Don't worry, I won't put anyone on the spot. I'm going to make sure you get candles, though. Um, you know, I, I, I think often I love candlelight services. And it's probably because I am a Unitarian Universalist minister. Our symbol is, at its very core, fire. When you take a look at it, look at it, there's the fire. But it's a small flame, a gentle, gentle, gentle flame. A little gust of air could extinguish it at any second. Did I ever give you candles? This is why ministers don't make good ushers. (laughs) A chance gust of air could extinguish it. Eventually the oil will be consumed or the wax of the candle will be gone. But still it could become a mighty flame could become the mightiest flame. The wildfires raging across the world were started by a spark. And even the passion in our hearts for justice is sometimes a very simple, simple moment of, ah, I feel passionate here about this. But this time of year, we can often have some trouble with our flames. We ignite them, we find a moment of hope, a little flicker of light in the darkness, and someone comes along and extinguishes it for us. And other times, we just don't know what we're doing. We are putting the wrong end in the flame, trying to ignite some hope, wondering when will this change. And yet other times, our passion gets the better of us. We ignite those flames of hope, and in an instant, They disappear before us and are gone. This is what human life is like. We have those moments of passion, of glory, of igniting fires in the darkness. And yet they can be extinguished so quickly, so very quickly. What's important for us to remember, though, is that we need not be alone. That's been the theme throughout all of the readings we've had. We need not be alone, and that perhaps is the central theme of any religious community, of human beings gathering together and saying, let's do this together. Let's live our lives together. Let's walk through happiness and joy and sorrow, the bittersweet and the deep wells of grief. We need not do this alone. And so this evening, we will not do that alone. We will kindle our small flames of hope, whatever they need to be for us, they will flicker brightly together as one community for a short time. But then we will meet again and again. And so the candles you have this evening, they can be whatever they need to be for you. They can be a hope of new promise in the new year, new jobs, new beginnings. They can be an end to 2019. Many of us are hoping for that. It can be just to find some moment of relief, whatever that might be for us. In this moment, in the days ahead, perhaps months ahead, perhaps it'll be just a brief few seconds. But for us, we'll at least join together whatever that is for but a brief moment. And so you're invited to come forward and to kindle your flames of hope, whatever they might be, and to join them together. There they will flicker. And there they will burn for this moment. All are invited. And we kindle one more flame for those who could not be with us or are no longer with us this night. Blessed be. Amen. And so that is our work here as a gathered community, as a gathered body. We light candles, we sing songs, we read our prayers, we have our moments of silence, and then what? Where do we go from here? We carry the small flickering flame that we brought here with us out into the night. And we hold on to that great hope that that flame will continue to burn, perhaps brightly in some moments, perhaps it'll be just a brief, gentle, fragile ember in other moments. And when life crushes upon us, forces down on our shoulders, and the flame is extinguished, we need to remember that we can return to places such as this. Places of light and hope where we meet our friends, we meet new friends, we meet those who are near us who are singing songs of hope right along with us, who are saying prayers of hope right along with us, holding silence in the night for hope right next to us. We come again and again and we reignite those small flames and carry them back out into the night. May it always be so, and blessed be. Our benediction from the Reverend Marco Bellatini. He writes, Gray skies over my head, throw yourselves like quilts over my busy life, and remind me to sit down and rest. Stars of winter, Orion's sash sparkling across the heavens. Remind me by your distance that compared to the infinity of the universe, every single thing I struggle with on earth is small and hardly universal in scope. Great music of the season glowing with angel songs and filigreed with great mysteries remind me that my own birth, like the births of all people in this room, was no less mysterious than that ancient and celebrated birth, no less brimming with wonder for all children that come into the world have lives as precious to them as Jesus's life was to him. So now come, love greater than my longing, silence greater than fatigue of tongues, and haul my heart away from the undue frenzy of this season, and bestow it to rest, proportion, and the haunting dark beauty of winter's longest nights. May you all go well this evening, and may you go loved. Blessed be. Amen.